You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Let's do it. It's go time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Thank you very much for joining me this fine Thursday-ish. We're still in the depths of the offseason, but I appreciate y'all being here with me today. As always, as a reminder, please remember to check out the Palmer Home for Children. I do have links to where you can donate on my Twitter as well as the Facebook group. That is the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Malcolm Reed expected to be with me uh, Saturday around 10 o'clock. I think I'm just going to release it on Monday, though, because a lot of people take the weekends off, and I want maximum exposure for Mr. Malcolm Reed. Once again, if you've given money to the Palmer Home for Children, please send me in your questions uh, for him. That would be fantastic. Otherwise, I have more than enough. Just thought it would be a nice perk. To be honest, Blaine, I don't know why you haven't contributed a dollar because I know you have questions. What are you, what are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Actually, I should probably donate so that I can ask questions. That's probably how that works. Anyways, um, got a, quite a bit in the pipeline. I do want to try to get to questions because they're starting to get a little bit backlogged. However, let's see if we can get through a little bit of these notesy notes. Uh, where to begin? First of all, the news that the XFL and the CFL uh, was going to merge apparently is no longer. They've decided that they're not going to do that, and the XFL is going to return in 2023. I don't know why they don't let this thing die. It's just, it's never going to take hold. The CFL I thought was a little bit interesting, um, but then they took it off regular TV, put it on cable, I couldn't watch it anymore, and it died. Uh, XFL supposedly got killed by COVID, and I'm sure a lot of people would say, well, if it wasn't for COVID, blah, blah, blah. I don't think so, man. Look, these companies, the problem is they seem like they can only last for like a year, and the game plan is we can float this for a year and then it needs to be profitable. No way. No way in the world. It's going to take a long time to cement a loyal fan base, right? You're going to get in the beginning sort of a fake fan base, like, oh, it's this new exciting thing. I'm going to pick a team, blah, blah, blah. And then you might even see a regression after that of, of people kind of being like, all right, that was fun for a while. I'm kind of over it. It's going to, I mean, it's it's almost like a generation, you know, you got to catch young people, you got to get them involved. And then when they start to grow up, then, you know, they, they've always just known XFL and NFL. They don't know a world where that doesn't exist. But can you float this thing being uh, revenue negative for five, 10 years? I mean, first of all, just the fact that your model is based on having like eight teams is ridiculous, right? That's not going to work. None of these teams have their own stadiums. That's ridiculous. They don't have very good players. That's not going to help your cause. And the fact that this has failed so many times in the past, it's kind of like, you know, somebody that's failed a diet like nine times in a row and they go on another diet. What does everybody think? Oh, here we go again, right? <laughs> I, I have no experience with it. Fortunately, I've had success in the past, so at least I can look at them and be like, hey, I, I did it that one time. Actually, it's been several times, but anyways, it does. It, it, it instills doubt in people, right? They roll their, or, or a business, or whatever it is, right? They got this new thing they're doing, and it's like, all right, dude, yeah, best of luck. And, you know, one of these times it might hit, but the point is, the public's going to look at the XFL trying to relaunch for the third time now, and they're just going to roll their eyes. And it is stu- and it, it again, it's a massive hurdle. You have to be able to float this thing 
with the understanding that you're going to lose a lot of money for a real long time and may never gain a foothold in in popularity. You have to find some kind of a niche. You got to, you know, maybe pop these things up in cities where they don't have football teams, which obviously there's not as much money there, but there's a fan base. You know, you got people in, I don't know, Idaho that are Vikings fans because, I don't know, they just like the color purple or something. I don't, you know, problem with that is a lot of those guys are hardcore college football fans or they're big baseball fans or they're big, uh, you know, hockey fans, big giant basketball fans, or there's 18 people that live in that state. So I just, I think the whole thing's stupid. I mean, it's, it's mildly entertaining. I would like it if the, the, here's the other thing. It has to be in the off season. It just has to be run it through the summer. I 100% will watch it. Even a bad product, put the XFL or the CFL or whatever it is, Start it after the draft, end it in, uh, you know, August 1st or something. So it, it as it ends, we're getting into the, although you don't really want your championship to butt up, even against something stupid like training camp, but man, that would be a heck of a kick in the chin if, if you lost two ratings of basically nothing happening in the NFL. But that's the only way I'm even slightly interested in it. So I know a lot of people get excited about XFL, CFL, whatever. I think the whole thing is stupid, and it's just, it's not a viable thing. I don't know why so many smart billionaires are like, this is a great idea. It's not. It's stupid. But I don't know. I've been wrong before. Um, I've said before, I still think bottled water is stupid. Made me so mad when my wife was like, oh, we don't like the taste of the water in this town. We're going to go buy bottled water. Like, what? Dude, nobody likes the taste of new water. It's weird. You're not acclimated to it. Keep drinking the water, and after a week, you don't taste it anymore. But no, we got to get bottled water. I don't know. Well, what, what, what about on trips? Blows my mind how people can be in a household for seven hours and never touch water, but the second they get in a car, they're dying of thirst. Give me What is that? I don't get it. I never had water in a car when we went somewhere. It just, it wasn't a thing. Like, you did, did, didn't have water bottles. We didn't pack water bottles, which is another thing. Even if you like water, you can put water in a bottle. It becomes a water bottle. You have to go to the, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's cheap, and it's, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying I've been wrong about ideas in the past. I, I just think the XFL is stupid. I do. I think it's stupid. It's, hey, let's find leftover players that aren't very good at football, have them all come together, and we'll have this product try to compete with the NFL like starting in February or something stupid. So we're buttoning it up to the draft, and it's like three weeks long, and we got like six and a half teams, and they're in... It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's not that interesting. That's all I know. So anyways, that's a thing. They're not going to merge, but the XFL is still going to go strong, and they're going to burn up many millions and billions. I mean, look, if they just want to throw money at guys that are struggling to make it in the NFL and, and give them a, a meager salary, like here's like 20 grand or something. I don't know what they pay these guys. It's not much, but it's something. Then I guess fine if we're calling this like a charity organization, but it's not a viable sport. It's it's just, it's so hard to, to make things, you even think back to, and I don't really know the history of it, but you know, the NFL wasn't always this multi-billion dollar thing. It was some stupid thing that, you know, guys that had nowhere to go and had no desire to... I mean, football players used to basically be carnies, right? I mean, they were guys with no teeth that just wanted to smash into stuff. They made no money. They traveled around. They collected a meager check. They probably had to, you know, get a factory job in the meantime. But it was like nothing and not that popular for a real long time. Like baseball was the thing and there's other stuff going on. Football is just this weird, I don't know. 
but they stuck with it for a really, 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 really long time. And the XFL, you know, CFL had like one year and they lost some money and everyone's like, I quit. This is terrible. I, I That you promised me. I'm suing you. What did you think was going to happen? You're going to bankroll like a million dollars? What are you, st- how, how are so many rich people so stupid? How are you this good with business? And I, 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 I know it's not because you inherited it. Maybe a couple people, but the vast majority of people made their fortunes being really good and really intelligent and making business moves, and then you invest in this and think you're going to make a bunch of money in a year, you're going to lose all your money. And then next year, you're going to have to pump in more money and lose that and pump in more money and lose that and pump in more money and lose that. And maybe someday, some people will actually care enough that they're buying jerseys. You get your own stadium. People come visit. You're selling a bunch of tickets. And uh, here we go. We made a little bit of cash this year, right? Then you're revenue revenue neutral for a little while. And then uh, who knows? When that four-year-old that uh, started watching with his dad is 14, him and his friends in school are talking about it, and it becomes this cool thing, and there you go. You willing to wait a generation? Doesn't seem like it. It seems like after one year, you all sue each other. Stu- this whole thing is just stupid. It's dumb. It was, it was always stupid. It was stupid when McMahon tried it the first time. The fact that he tried to relaunch it thinking, I'm going to get it right this time, and then relaunches the same thing over and over. It's just the whole thing is dumb. Also in the news, Derek Carr's plan, apparently, is to, if you don't uh, stop auto-playing, I will stab you in the toe. It's a family show, so, I mean, we'll just, just the toe, and it, it, well, it'll be, it'll, like, a pin or something. It's not very nice, though. Don't do that, kids. Derek Carr's plan to recruit Devontae Adams. Raiders win the Super Bowl over the Packers, then sign wide receiver. I'll tell you what, I will happily wager Devontae Adams that you aren't even going to make it to the Super Bowl. That is such a stupid proposition that I would happily put Devontae Adams on the line. This whole Derek Carr thing, I mean, and I understand the media is just, they like this storyline because they like the drama of, haha, you're going to lose Aaron Rodgers and Devontae and you guys are going to suck so bad. Even though that doesn't make sense because their whole narrative is that Devontae isn't even that good anyways. Aaron Rodgers has no help. So I don't, you know, again, it, it's not that they make sense. They just want to cause drama. And Derek Carr is giving them drama. Ooh, Derek Carr is recruiting Ooh, he's recruiting because they played a couple years in college, which obviously means something compared to playing with uh, Aaron Rodgers for like a decade in the pros, actually accomplishing things, making massive bank. I'm sure those two aren't friends. Look, I, I, I if he's, li- but it's, 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 it's also stupid because even if Devontae and the Packers didn't come to an agreement, he's not going to just go with his buddy. He's going to go make as much money as possible. That's what he's going to do. Not necessarily the highest offer. It might be kind of like buying a house where you look at the highest offers and then you look at the best possible fit. And maybe that's not necessarily the highest offer, but you're not taking the bottom offer, right? If it's like some offers at 20, some at like 24, some at 26 and two at like 29, you might look at those two 29 offers and go, okay, one of them is the Raiders and one of them is the Chiefs. I think I'm going to go play for the Chiefs. You know, even if that 129 is actually like 27.5, like, you know what, dude, 27.5, you know, plenty of guarantees, massive bank. I'm going to go play with Pat Mahomes, man. So I, I just don't get whipped up about this Derek Carr thing. It doesn't mean anything. They're very good friends, but that's the thing. They're fr- they can hang out anytime they want. Devontae's from that area, right? He, well, no, it's, it's Las Vegas now. Whatever. He's West Coast, Whatever. If they want to be best buddies, he can take that 
extra couple million dollars and buy plane tickets every single other day to go fly out and hang out at his house and sleep on his floor and in sleeping bags and have, you know, sleepovers together and they can keep being buddies. You don't have to play football with the guy. And Devontae knows that. And, 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 uh, Derek Carr knows that. And it, listen, Derek wants to, he's not lying. I'm not saying Derek is a part of this or he thinks it's going to work. He's just answering the question. Devontae's one of my best friends. We talk every single day. He's one of the best wide receivers in football. I would love nothing more than to have Devontae here, and he means it. But he's also not an idiot, and he knows that he's going to beg and beg and beg and beg and beg, and it's going to be a tough sell unless the Raiders are offering top money. Now, again, if it's, let's say, three teams in that 27 to 29 range, and you got, and again, I'm not saying the Chiefs are viable. I'm just trying to throw out options. You got the Chiefs, you got the Raiders, and you got... uh, I don't know, the Bengals, you know, you could probably just throw the Bengals in the trash heap. And then it's like, you know, you're really working the, listen, we got something special here, you and then rugs over the top. And, you know, this offensive line, and man, we got one of the best running backs in the game. And I'm telling you, man, Gruden is sweet. And you're going to be out in the West Coast. It's going to be awesome. You don't want to be out in Kansas City. That's boring, dude. What are you going to do out? There's nothing to do. Get out of the Midwest. Come back out this way. You can be closer to family. Hang out with me. We're going to have a good time. We're going to just live the dream out here in Vegas, dude. But the point is, he's not going to pull him away from Green Bay. He's not going to be about to sign with the Green Bay Packers a massive extension. And and it's it's what Devontae wants. And the Packers are like, all right, let's do it. Sign on the dotted line. And he's like, but my friend. I love my best friend. So again, if you're not already, just ignore that nonsense because it is just nothing but nonsense. The Green Bay Packers' number one priority, and I believe this, is making sure that Devontae is signed to an extension. Now, you could say Aaron Rodgers is the number one priority if you want, but I think that's largely out of their control. That's just, you know, they've they've kind of laid it out there. It's just a matter of, you know, are you coming back or not? And, and again, I think that decision has been made. Speaking of, we may as well discuss it. I wasn't super planning on it, but we're sitting here. Um, I do think that he has made up his mind. Aaron Rodgers, that is. He's even said, who's he even talking to? He's doing that interview while he was on a golf cart and Somebody was talking to him, and he he made the comment, you know, I'll tell you later, basically, is what he said. Tell you what? Tell you what? What is he going to say? Is he going to tell him, I don't know, later? He said, I don't know, on national television, right? He didn't, it, again, I, don't, I didn't pull up the exact quotes because I wasn't planning on talking about it for the 15th day in a row, but it was something to the effect of, you know, when, when asked about, are you going to be the quarterback of the Packers? He said, you know, we'll see, or I don't know, or something to that effect. But again, while he was on the card and somebody asked him, you know, come on, man, we go back a long way. He said, I'll tell you later, basically. In other words, I can't tell you right now. He's made up his mind. He knows what he's doing. And and as uh, Gil Brandt, not Gil Brandt, who am I thinking of now? Andrew Brandt. That's the guy's name. Um, as he said, Aaron Rodgers can't trade himself, right? So what does that tell you? Again, what is he going to say? If he's, if he's telling people what he's going to do, that means he knows what he's going to do. What's he going to do? I mean, you could say he's going to retire. It's possible. But it's either retire or to go back. Leave isn't an option. That's not up to him. That's up to the Green Bay Packers. He can either retire or he can come back are the only two actions he can take. Um, given the footage we've seen of him training with football players out in California, it seems odd that he'd be doing that prior to retiring. So again, as I said, Still fairly confident that all the signs point to him coming back. Um, let's see. That's one other thing here we'll do, because, again, I want to try to cram in some questions. Nothing super serious, but PFF did post 
the uh, over-under for win totals for each team. The Packers are a tough... Here's the thing. This, this is one of those things where if you think you have a hunch on Aaron Rodgers, this is the time to put your money down. Um, because the Packers right now, this is via PFF, but I'm guessing they're around what Vegas is saying, uh, 10.5. I think the fact of the matter is if Aaron Rodgers comes back, you're going to see that number go up. If Aaron Rodgers does not, you're going to see that number plummet. I think they're kind of sitting at a conservative middle ground, probably much closer to what the number is if Aaron Rodgers comes back. But I think you, at the very least, it goes up to 11, if not, you know, 11 and a half or whatever. So um, that's that's just my thought. So if you think you got the beat on it, and I'm certainly do. I've said this before. Don't you ever put money down on my name or anything I've ever said because I'm not taking the hit from your wife when you sell off your life savings on a tip that I made and you lose your house. Just don't put that on me. I can't handle that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I tend to think that that's where it's at. But even with everything going on, and this is why it's so funny when you got Vikings fans and especially Bears fans running their mouth, right now, Vegas odds, Green Bay Packers number one in the NFC North, 10.5 wins, Minnesota Vikings 8.5. That's a full two games behind. You've got the Chicago Bears at seven, seven, the Bears' biggest mouth in the NFL right now because they drafted Justin Fields. I was just talking to somebody on Twitter about this. I don't hear Jaguars fans bragging about their quarterback as much as you hear Bear fans. I don't hear Jets fans. I haven't heard a team so 100,000% certain that their quarterback that they drafted is going to be elite as I've heard the Chicago Bears talking. Maybe it's just because I don't interact with them as much, but it's unbelievable to me that they're so certain a guy, a quarterback, that fell in the draft he fell. That doesn't send up any warning flags whatsoever. The fact that you drafted him about, what, 10 spots later than you drafted Trubisky, but you're 100% certain that this is the guy? You drafted him right in that range that Rosen was taken, and that doesn't, after Rosen fell, and then Rosen goes on TV basically saying, I'm going to show everybody wrong, same thing Justin Fields said. None of that scares you. I'm not saying these are all the same guys, but the fact that you just know, we just know Vegas right now does not know that Justin Fields is going to be great. And even if they like Justin Fields, they certainly don't know that he's going to drag that dead weight of a garbage football team to more than seven wins. So I don't know why you're running your mouth so much. I mean, as best as I can see, Packer fans are at least kind of reserved about it. Like, yeah, dude, I mean, Rodgers might not come back and that's probably going to suck. You know, we'll see if Jordan... I haven't seen... I I don't know if I've ever even seen any Packer fan pop off about it doesn't matter, Jordan Love's going to come in and be elite. There's some level of optimism or what if or wouldn't it be cool like everybody can and should, including Justin Fields and Bears fans. But just the level of arrogance about a guy that you haven't seen... Like, you guys have... But this is... It's so funny. Bears fans do this. And they haven't in a while, but I remember this was so common with Bears fans before they got beat down for about 30 straight years... Every year, they were so sure they're going to the Super Bowl. Every year. Didn't matter. Did not matter for the longest time. And I think it was around the time the Packers beat the Bears in the NFC Championship game and went on to win the Super Bowl. It was around that time that it just crushed the Bears' spirit so bad that you didn't hear them bragging about winning the Super Bowl every year. But, I mean, it was it was around the time they had really good defense. They had Matt Forte. They had, uh, you know, they had good players kind of all around. They had great defense, good running backs, good wide receivers like Brandon Marshall. Um, so you can kind of understand it, but it was just, it was insufferable. It was intolerable. And it also went to, to explaining partially why 
AM radio in Chicago is so vitriolic and, and just angry all the time because they went from thinking they're going to win the Super Bowl to three weeks in saying, fire everybody, I hate this team, this is trash, right? Because, listen, expectations, man, set them low. Set them low. Doesn't matter what we're talking about. Football, your marriage, your children, your vacation. Don't ever go into a vacation excited about what's about to happen. Just don't do that. Every vacation will be ruined if you just think about it being like magical Disneyland because vacations are a lot of stress. They're a ton of fun, but it's like 90% stress so that that 10% can be awesome. And if you go in thinking the whole thing's going to be awesome, you're not even going to enjoy that 10%. And that's the same with everything else. Bears fans' expectations are always so high, and I don't know why. I don't get it. And, and Packer fans do this a little bit, but it's it's spoiled, and it's from a standpoint of, of expecting a lot from a team that's already given a lot. So yeah, it's, it's a spoiled mentality, but it's also a fan base saying, dude, we got Aaron Rodgers, we got all these guys, we, sh- we should win, right? And that's it. We should win, and then we don't, and I'm mad about it. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's spoiled and it's childish, but it, it at least kind of makes sense. Bears fans make no sense to me. Just the let, and again, they've been so bad for, and it's not just like quarterback is the only thing that, I, do you realize that quarterback is not your only problem anymore? It's not 2018 anymore. This is not 2018. 20, <laughs> 2018, you had a very good offensive line, best defense in football by a mile, and uh, pretty much, every, I mean, you know, running back, maybe not the best in the world, but, you know, if you've got a great offensive line and you've got a great defense and you've got a real good wide receiver, you got a good football team if you've got a good quarterback. So, yeah, if, you play, if, if Justin Fields was a rookie in 2018 and came out just swinging, I mean, just swinging, which is very unlikely even for some of the best quarterbacks to come out year one and just dominate, right? Pat Mahomes sat. Uh, Lamar Jackson was garbage in year one. Um I can't really think of too many guys that came out year one and just dominated. Baker Mayfield did not. Um, Kyler Murray did not. Tua did not. Justin Herbert was good. He wasn't elite. But yeah, okay, if this was 2018 and he came out just absolutely swinging, he had a real good chance at winning a Super Bowl. It's not 2018. Your defense is nowhere near as good, and it's getting worse every single year. When Fangio left, that hurt you, and now you got players that are leaving and getting older. Your offensive line went from being one of the top offensive lines to being an absolute disaster. And yeah, you drafted a guy, cool, but all he's going to do is replace another guy that was really good at football. And the odds that this guy's going to come in and replace a guy that was really good and be just as good or better, pretty unlikely, at least in year one. Plus, that's not your only hole along the offensive line. You've lost other areas. You've got a rookie quarterback, a disgruntled wide receiver, and nobody else next to him. You've got maybe a good running back running behind a pretty beat up and and just kind of bad offensive line and a defense that's going rapidly in the wrong direction. You got one good linebacker. You got Khalil Mack coming off one of his worst years of his career. You've got Akeem Hicks, who hasn't been good since 2018, basically. I mean, he's, I shouldn't say he hasn't been good. He's been good, but he hasn't been elite since 2018. He's been a guy. You don't have another pass rusher along that defensive line. Your cornerbacks basically just don't exist anymore. You don't have any. And your safeties, you guys have been overrating again since 2018. You got one guy that was really good in 2018, and he's been just a guy since that time. But you're just going to run your mouth and run your mouth and run your mouth and run your mouth and run your mouth. You're just setting yourself up for failure, which is why I don't really even engage so much. Like, I can't help but throw out a couple comments when things are so stupid and I just feel the need to reel it in. 
but I'm more than content to just sit back because the odds are not in their favor. The odds of them having a terrible season are well beyond 50%. It just is. Because it's a bad football team with a bad GM and a bad head coach and a rookie quarterback and a bunch of people that don't even want to be there. They never have any picks, so the whole thing is crumbling from from the ground up. The foundation is falling apart. The foundation of a team is the draft. And you've been giving away picks so that you can go out and, and just play this strategy of we're just one guy away, we're just one guy away, so you give away all these picks to get that one guy like Khalil Mack. Well, it turns out you weren't just one guy away. So look, again, optimism is fine. Bears, fan, Bears fans should be excited. They should be excited. They should be optimistic. Vikings fans should be excited and optimistic. And Packers fans should be excited and optimistic. And Lions fans, not about 2021, but in general about the direction of their team, about um, the way they're building it, kind of tearing it down and rebuilding the right way. I think there should be some level of excitement. Again, not about 2021 because you are going to be terrible. But that's kind of a good thing. Because I don't think Jared Goff is a very good quarterback. Maybe in certain systems, maybe in Green Bay, San Francisco, or uh, L.A., where you got these quarterback-friendly West Coast-style Shanahan systems, maybe he can do it. But you need a new quarterback, and you're going to get one because it's going to be a terrible year, and you're going to draft really high, and you're going to get one of the top quarterbacks next year. And, And starting next year, having done a great job last year building through the draft and having a bunch of picks, and you're probably going to have a bunch of picks again going into next year, you can add a quarterback to that team and add some more players as those guys go into their second year. I I think, you know, if you can keep hitting on stuff, or I shouldn't say keep, if you can hit and keep hitting, this doesn't need to be more than a two-year turnaround. I think 2022 Lions can be maybe not Super Bowl champions, but possibly contenders in the NFC North, especially depending on how good or bad the other three teams, you know, what direction they go in. If the Packers do dump Aaron Rodgers in 2022, you could possibly leapfrog the Packers depending on Jordan Love. Uh, depending on the success of Justin Fields, depending on what happens with Kirk Cousins probably going out the door, there there could be just a big wide open running lane for you. I don't mind optimism. I don't mind excitement. But this level of trolling, what right do you have? One of the worst teams in the NFL over the last 20 years, probably the worst track record of NFL quarterbacks ever. Terrible track record as far as drafting. I mean, Considering the last time you guys drafted a quarterback, I can't even imagine being so bold as to brag about your GM drafting a quarterback until I saw him do something. But you hear something stupid about Trey. He completed some passes in training camp, and you get excited and you think you know something. Aaron Rodgers throws about 500 interceptions in training camp. Guess what that amounts to in in the real world in, in the regular season? Nothing. Nothing. Doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. They're not even wearing helmet or, or the pads. It's not even full eleven on eleven. Guys didn't even show up. I, I I was hearing stuff about the Chicago Bears. I think Roquan was the only guy that even showed up on the entire defense, and he completed like six passes in a row. And you guys are going to crown him the king of the north. Which, by the way, we've been down this path before. I mean, the the amount of times. The Bears fans and, and people in, in the Bears community have run their mouth and looked so stupid. I, I recall not too long ago hearing something about how Aaron Rodgers was dethroned in the NFC North. And it was about Mitch Trubisky and how he's already the, the king of the North and better than Aaron Rodgers. What a stupid thing to say. And the guy gets beat up to this day. Don't be that guy. What, what is the harm in just sitting back quietly and waiting? And when Packer fans are like, hey, he's going to be trash, he's going to be trash, you'd be like, yeah, maybe, dude, I don't know. And then wait and wait and 
And then when he's good, then you go on the offensive. Why can't you wait? Why are you so impatient to make yourself look like an idiot? I don't get it. What is, what is the rush? That's why I'm not going out there saying Justin Fields is going to look like trash because I don't want to say something stupid because I don't know. Same reason I'm not saying I know Jordan Love's going to be good. And when Bears fans come out and they're like, dude, Jordan Love, he's going to be so stupid. He's going to suck. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And I just say it because you know what? It's going to be real sweet if Jordan Love is better than Justin Fields, even if they're both bad. Kind of doesn't matter. It's going to make me happy either way. I mean, you know, not if not if Aaron Rodgers is leaving, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Just saying. We haven't even really, I don't want to say we haven't tried, but we're not in desperation mode like the Bears, which again, it's another red flag that would scare me if I was a Bears fan. The desperation. The desperation to go get a quarterback. What does that say about how much they know he's going to be good compared to how much how desperate they are just to get somebody because their jobs are on the line? Remember, a lot of teams passed on him. Why? Why didn't the Bears do it? Is it because the Bears have have a better understanding of quarterbacks and they're just better at drafting quarterbacks and they saw something in them that nobody else did? Or is it because they're desperate and know that if we don't get a quarterback, we're getting fired after this year? What do you think? It, it's not to say that Justin Fields can't be a good quarterback. Maybe the other teams are right, though. Just saying. Why don't we go ahead and take a little bit of a break? Again, Palmer Home for Children. There is a link uh, to my specific fundraiser there uh, on the Twitters. Go to my uh, pack underscore daddy, the top post there. You will see a link to it. You can donate there or go to the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Top link there will be to that. Um, Donation of every size and stripe is welcome. Or if you don't feel like going through all that rigmarole, I've had several people just Venmo me some money, put in the little tagline that this is for the Palmer home, and I will get you signed up and I will send the money myself, and we can do it that way. Uh, Again, if you do contribute money, you will be able to ask a question to Mr. Malcolm Reed. We're going to be talking about barbecue, about cooking, about football, some some just just some good cookout stuff, man. We're still in the summer, but, uh, you know, those first few games is, is when it's the most fun to have some friends over get the get the uh, grills going in the backyard, get some food going. And if you want to have the opportunity to ask some questions to Mr. Malcolm Reed, a uh, simple donation to the Palmer Home for Children, which is a great uh, organization that takes care of children who have been through massive trauma and they put them in a safe environment and take care of them and provide for them and uh, you know tutor them and guide them and that kind of thing. Uh, if you want to support me personally, uh, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You can do it there. Otherwise, let's take a break and I will be with you momentarily. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. 
So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Smile, Carl. You're back in business. We are back in business, Hans. Thank you very much. What a great movie that is. I haven't seen Die Hard in a long time. I know a lot of people say that that's their Christmas movie. I don't think I've ever watched it on Christmas. I don't know. Is it, do they play it on Christmas? I don't know. But uh, I just haven't seen that in a long time. It's a very good movie. Should probably watch it. Anyways, what shall we talk about now? Oh, there is one little side note that I think is kind of interesting. Um, Not really sure what exactly to make of it. It's kind of old news that I just didn't know about, but I kind of dug it up. Apparently, um, it has been revealed that the Vikings wanted to move up really, 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 really badly and actually got beat out by the Chicago Bears, and it was uh, revealed. I don't know, again, I don't know exactly how much we know compared to speculate, but it is being portrayed as we know that the Vikings actually wanted to move up to that exact same spot to get Justin Fields. So um, I would think Vikings fans are have a big investment in this. I know that there's a lot of uh, battling between Packers and Bears fans and Packers and Vikings fans, but um, Bears kind of ripped you off, Vikings fan. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are doing. I mean, you guys, you guys ever go to war with each other or you just pick on Packers fans all day long? Because um, I would think you guys got a lot on the line here. If Justin Fields is real good, they stole Justin Fields from you. If he's not, you got some extra am- ammunition. I might just want to sit back and let you guys take the reins on that one you know, the whole thank you for saving us from such a terrible, god-awful, horrific mistake of drafting such a terrible, ridiculously horrible quarter, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know, just something to think about. So uh, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Got a question from Mr. Jim Thorson. What players' competitions are you most interested to watch during training camp and preseason and why? So I kind of talked about competitions already, so we'll, we'll look at exactly how you phrased it, players and competition. So the number one that obviously comes to mind is running back. Um, and speaking of, I, I did record the Dexter. It was such, it was so, it's so bad. I don't want to release it, but I do want to give you the recipe for the Dexter Mac because I've been building that up for so long, but it was just such a nightmare. I just had my daughter recording it on my cell phone while, uh, Blaine was chasing children and TV was on in the background watching, I don't know, Paw Patrol or something. Just, I burned my hand. <laughs> so, it's it's probably exactly the kind of video you want to see. I just don't want to release it. Anyways, Dexter Williams, um, premier opportunity, but also, obviously, his head is going to be on the chopping block if he's not exactly what the Packers want. Because there are, I think there is a very realistic possibility that there is a number three running back that can get a handful of carries, and it's going to be a different guy. You know, it, it, somebody's going to have a real opportunity here other than the Aaron Jones-Jamal Williams duo. And it's not like he has to be the number three or he's off the team, but it's just, you know, obviously he wants that number three spot. And, uh, you know, I, I'm rooting for him, but it's not necessarily like I'm rooting against Kylan Hill. I think Kylan Hill's a great football player. And Patrick Taylor's got a, uh, a role as well. He's a different kind of, of a running back. And it's possible maybe Patrick Taylor being a different style of guy ends up being sort of the number three or, or, or four or however it doesn't, the number doesn't really matter. But just to have that kind of a guy like Patrick Taylor, 
but then having another Aaron Jones or another A.J. Dillon who's just a more well-rounded guy. And I think that comes down to either Dexter Williams proves that he's the guy or it's Kylan Hill. And I, I do think Dexter has to win it walking away because Kylan's just, he's, he's younger and he's uh, um, got more years and less wear and tear and more years on a rookie contract and all that stuff. He's cheaper, basically. So um, I am excited. To, and I, I just I just love the preseason because I get to see some of these guys. Some of these guys, I'll be honest, I don't really super care. I know that they're not going to be big contributors. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I wish them the best and I want them to have great outings so that they can either make it on the Packers squad and, and continue to make some money or go somewhere else. Um, but I'm not super interested in it. I am very interested in uh, Devin Funches and what he's able to do. Uh, again, I've mentioned he's probably the most under-the-radar guy on the team. I don't think it's impossible that our, our top three wide receivers are Devontae Adams, Amari Rogers, and Devin Funches. And, and, and listen, Devontae's always going to have a role. Excuse me, not Devontae. Uh, Alan Lazard is always going to have a role. And he's a very good wide receiver, uh, especially in terms of his run-blocking ability. Matt LaFleur is, is just going to, he's always going to have a spot for him. But is he going to be the main boundary guy? I don't know. I mean, opposite Devontae. And I think MVS, not that he's guaranteed to necessarily make it, but but there's certainly a role for him as well. But I don't know that we, I think too many people are just crowning Alan Lazard, or maybe they're just indifferent, thinking that even if Devin Funches wins, who cares? I'm just saying it's, it's not impossible that he's a really good wide receiver as a number two with Aaron Rodgers in the whole nine yard. And I know I said quarterbacks don't just make you magically good, but it's not a bad situation to be in, especially if you're a wide receiver that's not really known for separating. What you're looking for is a more accurate style of quarterback that's going to put the ball in the right spot where you can just go get it, whether that's back shoulders, whether it's just barely putting it over the defender so you can go up and get it. It's better to have Aaron Rodgers than Cam Newton. So maybe he's got a little bit more space to thrive. And again, you got Devontae on the other side drawing much more attention. I don't think the Carolina Panthers ever had a guy like Devontae to really steal the attention away from the uh, from the defense. So I, I'm not necessarily excited because I don't know I don't know how that's all going to play out, and I don't know how much I'm going to care about the production in the preseason, especially if Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback. So I'm not ultimately massively excited, but I would like to see him kind of blow up and um, possibly have everybody come on board and talk about how great he's going to be and then just sit here and be like, I flipping told you guys already. I don't know where you guys have been. Um, Offensive line competition is going to be kind of cool. Not that it's going to be even easy to watch, but you know, there'll be some PFF grades and some commentary and you'll be able to hear. And plus just seeing who's out there and who's not, but there is a lot to, to figure out here. And um, I think there's a lot of guys that are just right on the edge. And a couple of good outings in the preseason can do some wonders for a lot of these guys. Uh, Lucas Patrick, obviously, is just barely hanging on by a thread. Um, I wish the best for him, but obviously they're drafting a lot of these guys because they feel that the Lucas Patricks on this team are not exactly what they're looking for in starting caliber guys. That's why you go out and you get Elton Jenkins and you get John Runyon and you get Cole Van Lannan and you get Josh Myers and you get Josh Nijman and you get Simon Stepniak and you get Royce Newman and you get John Dietzen and you get Jake Hansen, right? That's why you get all these guys because we don't exactly have what we need as starters as well as as just the, the general depth. And so there's, I mean, there's a lot of guys and I think they're, they're kind of close. And I, you know, it's not impossible that a John Dietzen or a Cole Van Landen really emerges especially a guy like Cole Van Landen. I mean, you know, you look at it and say, obviously John Runyon is, is cemented 
at, at least as far as like, if it's not the top guys, he's next in line. Cole Van Lannan is a very good football player on a historically good offensive line. He's also a sixth round pick, just like John Runyon was. So he has got every bit as, as every reason to believe as far as draft viability, if that's even a phrase. Who's to say he won't emerge and be just a dominant guard? And, that, and that's really the cool thing about taking so many swings. As much as it seems silly to really get excited about a guy that's a mid or late round guy, when you take this many swings, you're kind of getting into the territory of almost expecting it, right? So you got John Runyon, who's maybe something. You've also got Cole Van Lannan. You've got uh, Josh Myers, who you've drafted, and you hopefully can be something as a second round pick. You got uh, Simon Stepniak going into year two. You've got Royce Newman, who this, there's been a good amount of hype about possibly taking that right tackle spot, which you would presume moves Billy Turner inside. And then, you know, there's a fight over that left guard spot. May, well, not really, because Elton would be there. But that's the thing, right? It, there's there's a presumed starting lineup, but I think there might be some really good football players here. And it might be one of those things, too, where let's say that is the case, where Royce does win that right tackle spot that kicked Billy into right guard. Um, Josh Myers is our center, Elton Jenkins is our left guard, and eventually David Bakhtiari is our left tackle, possibly week one, but that's we'll leave that for another time. This could be a situation, too, where maybe it just takes some time. Although I don't know who they would kick. I, I, I'd like to think Billy Turner, but I don't think they'd ever move on from Billy Turner, but who knows? Or at the very least, there's always those opportunities of a guy going down, whether that's for you know, a couple games or even just a couple snaps where the, the coaches really get an opportunity and say, we got to get this guy some some snaps. And, and it, you know, even if it's not in the short term in 2021, um, if these guys can pan out, then you start looking at Lucas Patrick, you start looking at Billy Turner and you say, you know, we appreciate your service, but we don't want to pay this much money when you can be replaced by somebody that's nearly as good as you, if not slightly better. And, th- and that's probably, I don't want to say that's the goal as though they just don't like certain people. That's always the goal. It's always the goal to find replacements. As soon as they sign Devontae Adams to his massive contract, one of the top priorities for this team is to find his replacement. Not because we just need to get rid of him, but because that's just life. That's football. Guys leave. And you don't want to be in a situation where when they leave or when, you know, Devontae, obviously, by the time he's in the final years of his contract, the Packers don't have to keep him around if they don't want to. His guarantees are going to be well burned up at that point. And if he's not producing, then it's a question of, okay, now what do we do? And you'd like to be able to move on if you can. Can you? So even if he gets a four-year deal, you'd like by year three to have a guy established. Meaning by year two, you got to at least draft a guy. If not year one, so that you can get that year three leap right about the time that that Devontae is kind of starting to hit that. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. Who cares? So we got another good wide receiver. Big deal. But the point is he can take the reins whenever Devontae... Uh, we do move on from Devonte. That's just football. It's just it's just constantly finding new new talent so that we can replace expensive guys that are really good with uh, cheap guys that are really good. Um, what else? Tight ends very exciting, mostly because of Josiah Aguara. I just I want to see the guy play, and I'm hoping to see him do a couple things. AJ Dillon, I'm massively massively excited about. I don't know how much time these guys are going to get. I would assume that uh, the primary ball carriers are going to be Patrick Taylor, Dexter Williams, and Kylan Hill. But Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to get a little bit of work, and I'm excited about that. Unbelievably excited for Jordan Love. Um, I mean, really, the quarterbacks in general. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers comes back, that's massively exciting, and everybody wants to see that, even though he's probably not going to play. Jordan Love, I don't know if there's a prospect I've wanted to watch more ever, but it's it's kind of like excited slash nervous, and I shouldn't have to feel that way. The only reason I'm nervous is because I don't want to hear the whining. I don't want to hear 
not, it's not even so much the Bears fans because they're going to gloat, fine, whatever. It's Packer fans. It's miserable Packer fans that just want so desperately for Jordan Love to fail so that they can pull an I told you so. The same way they're rooting for Rashawn Gary to fail, the same way they're rooting for all the draft picks that they didn't like to fail. Because the most important thing to them isn't that the Packers have a really good football team. The most important thing to them is that everyone knows how big of a brain they have. And how if I was the GM, I'd be so much better. Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear it. But I do want to see the guy play. But on top of that, Blake Bortles, because why not? Who's to say the guy can't be somewhat decent? In a pinch, who's to say he can't be sort of that Nick Foles that if Aaron Rodgers goes down in the playoff, he pulls it off? Or Matt Flynn, right? You get that game against Detroit where your quarterback goes down, you think you're doomed, and he comes out and throws like six touchdowns. Who's to say he can't? And then, of course, Kurt Benkert, who's just been an incredible uh, guy to watch. It's also kind of exciting. I've been watching him, and I looked at the amount of money he made, and it's like, you know, this isn't I can retire money. But that's good money. And it's just kind of cool because, he's, you know, he's, he's a young guy, newly married. He's got a baby. I mean, what an, what an awesome life he's living. He was just down in Florida with his family. And they, and they have the resources to just have some fun, you know? You got to be a little frugal because, it, again, probably not, well, maybe, who knows? Maybe he put a boatload of money in retirement and he's like, I'm set. But um, his one year, at 26 years old, uh, I believe newly married, brand new baby, he got paid... And, and, and again, when you look at it from a football s- standpoint, like when I just glance at it, I'm like, oh, he's getting paid trash money. He got paid $660,000 to just hang out on the <laughs> with the Packers for a while and maybe not even, you know, make it. Now, I don't know how much of that he got. I don't know how it looks. According to this, none of it is fully guaranteed. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But, um, but, you know, six hundred grand on top of being with the Falcons for all those years and pulling in a decent chunk of change, you know, he's, he's made a couple mil. It's just, I don't, it's, just, it's just cool to think about, especially knowing that he just seems like a really good dude. I mean, maybe he's not, I don't know, but he just seems like he's enjoying it, and that's just fun to watch. Slightly less fun watching Aaron Rodgers enjoy his money, but, you know, I guess in a sense I'm happy for him too. Um, defensively, uh, TJ Slayton, real excited to be able to watch him. I just want to see him, again... A lot of Packer fans are excited thinking, you know, well, he could be a real good pass rusher too. I don't care at all. I really don't. If he gets two sacks on the season, I'm satisfied so long as he's a really good run defender. I just want to see him go out there and be immovable. I want him to be an immovable force. You know, people try to run up the middle. He's taking two guys, throwing them back on the backs of their heads, grabbing the running back and just bringing them to the ground. It's a slight exaggeration and it's a high bar, but that's what I set for you, TJ. Best of luck. Um, You know, I want to see Rashawn tear it up. Again, a lot of these starter guys, I don't, I'm not going to put a lot into it because, you know, even really good players have bad days and it's the preseason, so maybe you're taking a little bit off. I don't know. But it would still be nice to just get a little bit of reassurance and a little bit of a, a spark of excitement like, yeah, dude, Rashawn is a real deal. Um, I think there's a pretty intense linebacker competition. It's not as exciting because I don't really expect any of them to be phenoms, but I don't think it's necessarily set in I mean, right now there is Chris Barnes followed by Kamal Martin, but I don't think that necessarily has to be set in stone. I want to see Isaiah McDuffie. I mentioned several times I really liked what he did in college. Um, Don't necessarily expect a lot from him, but why not? Let's see what he can do. Otherwise, I'm just unbelievably excited about Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes has to be near the top because he's a guy that you know is going to be getting a lot of playing time, partially because he was the number one pick, but also because he's not even the starter. So he is the number two. And, you know, second, if if you're a number one overall pick and you're technically the, uh, 
second string player, I have a feeling you're going to get a lot of playing time because we want to, first of all, evaluate what you can do, but especially get you caught up to speed because as much as they're committing to Kevin King, they, I have a feeling, cannot wait for Eric Stokes to just dominate and they can put him in instead of Kevin King. Regardless of whatever they have said or will say, I, I, I have a feeling as soon as they're comfortable with that transition, they're going to make that transition. So anyways, we only got the one question today, but I'm going to leave it at that because we're pushing 50 minutes here. Might even already be there on your end with the ads and whatnot, but thank you all for tuning in. And um, again, it would mean a lot to me if you could give anything to that Palmer home. It'd just take you just a second. Just check pack underscore daddy on Twitter. You'll find the link there. Anything you can give. Um, I know I ask you for a lot of things, but it would, it would definitely mean a lot and you're doing a lot of good. So please look at that. Otherwise, have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.